You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. On this episode of Big Drive Energy, I've got my sexy voice. Coming from uh, getting over being sick, so I'm gonna kind of struggle through this. No, I'm I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing it's better. Pretty standard, isn't it? It's the yeah. I usually struggle through just about every pod we have, but <laughs> we are going to um, debunk some golf swing myths. Um, we normally don't get too technical on this podcast, but today I think we're gonna do that a little bit. We're gonna hop into some off season stuff. What you can work on. In the offseason here in Colorado, if you're listening from somewhere else and you still get to play golf, uh, maybe make some changes to your golf swing and just kind of go over some of the things we've heard, you know, teaching for five plus years. Each of us, you always hear crazy things or, you know, the husband teaching the wife this or that, and it's just never, never seems to be correct. So we're going to debunk some myths. We're also going to talk about the match, uh, pretty handle, handily won by JT and uh, Jordan Spieth, but kind of discuss the the type of golf that that was and and how cool it was to have a mic'd up and under the lights kind of a first of its kind so and this is all brought to you by our presenting sponsor over at pins and aces we're both rocking the gray pins and aces hats right now best hats in the game they've got the cool thing i like about their hats is they've got like the built-in ball marker built-in so, magnet yeah. built-in so magnet you can so, put whatever ball marker you want and, it, and they have a bunch of badass ones obviously the i had the pistol one which is super cool um they've got the clover they've got a shit emoji they've you name it they've got it yeah and you get uh we usually when you purchase 50 dollars worth of stuff off of their website you get a free ball marker so you just get to toss and those are like ten dollar ball markers exactly so head on over to pinsandaces.com use the promo code bde they're shipping everything super quick so if you order it now you'll still get it by christmas time get your family some uh holiday gifts Get them some pins and aces. It's the best polos in the game, beer sleeve, liquor stick, all of that good stuff for your golfing buddy or golfing family member. Pinsandaces.com, promo code BDE. All right, let's tee it up. Hello, friends. Welcome to this tradition unlike any... Did somebody scream mashed potatoes? That was mashed. 
It's a cloudy day here in the Mile High City. It's pretty fucking cold. Pretty cold. Not not worth being outside. This is hockey weather. Yeah. This, this is this is like it sounds weird, but so we're going to the Az game tonight, along with our boy Fabes over here and your wife Kylie. And like it sounds I don't know if this sounds dumb, but walking into Ball Arena, I hate when it's light. Like I like when it's dark out and it's cold out. Because that means it's like the heart of Nuggets and Avalanche season. That's so funny because that's like the opposite for me. <laughs> I love rolling into Ball Arena in like the April time when it's like spring and it's like sunny. I Like one of my favorite things is going to a Nuggets game like in the afternoon in like March or April. And then you roll out and it's still light. Like See, I love, I love that. when you roll in and it's dark and cold. Like that's my shit. For I'm, all the I'm similarities, for all the similarities we have, we definitely like our our polar opposites on this one. <laughs> well done. Well, well done. yeah, I would say I'm not like a lot of people where I do enjoy winter. Um, maybe now that I'm no longer technically a, a quote unquote club pro, um, for now. Uh, hopefully, club, hopefully club pros for life, baby. Hopefully, never again. We can never leave that. We <laughs> we will never. It will be with us forever. Um. But maybe I won't like winter as much now that my work schedule really doesn't ride on it. Um, but yeah, there's just something about walking into the the old can in the 20 degree weather and it's cold as shit out. I hate when there's slush on the ground though. When your feet get wet, that fucking sucks. Like yeah, that, that I don't think anyone likes that. No, I don't think anyone wet wake, socks out. I, yeah, I don't think anyone wakes up and is like, yeah, I hope I get wet socks today. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we did, did just have kind of a, an interesting 30 minutes before this podcast. Uh, as you know, we're, we're recording here at the bar down at Colfax in York and well, I don't think we should discuss an ongoing criminal investigation possibly, but it was fucking scary. I'll was, tell you that. Yeah, it was scary. We won't get too deep into it. We'll let the detectives figure that scenario out. But yeah, that scared the fuck out of me. Yeah. Like, I think I'm still probably white or red or dude pale. Had, like, dude had a full ski mask on, looked like he was about to rob a place yeah we'll just we'll leave we'll it just that. yeah that's as far as we'll go but um holy fuck <laughs> so let's let's get into the match so we've talked about it on the pod but the match match was like the only thing going in sports in 2020 so it i feel like it brought a lot of eyes now this is the fifth one i want to say mm -hmm. it brought a lot of eyes to the game of golf because there was no live sports from basically march through august when this essentially the first match was created, which I believe relaying back to, I always tell people like the last three years to me are a blur. Oh yeah. Like 2020, 2021 and kind of 2022. I'm like, I don't know if something happened in 2022. Like or 2019 20 <laughs> was clear. <laughs> right. But after that, I'm like, I don't the, know. This decade, this, this entire decade has been a fucking shit show. I'm like, I don't know if the nuggets were playing in the, in a bubble in August. Like, yeah. What? Well, even like people talk about like the Lakers title in the bubble. And I'm like, that doesn't fucking count. Like none of those bubble championships in my mind even count. Mickey Mouse championship. Yeah. It wasn't even a real season. Like, fuck that. I, I of course, Lakers fans want to ride that. Cause that's the only thing they've done since what? 2010, 2012. Yeah. Since Kobe rip, yeah. rip Kobe. <laughs> yeah. Rest in peace to Kobe. But yeah, the, the whole sports leagues, like the Masters in fucking, was it November? I mean, there were so many different events that just took place when they shouldn't have. And I mean, honestly, kind of looking back at like lockdown, it wasn't that bad. Like, I <laughs> I think like Fabian agrees with me. We would do uh, Call of Duty 
we would do Friday night war zone where we'd all just, well, at least I would drink pretty heavily and we would just sit on the mic, like got a whole group of friends together and just played call of duty in all of our separate houses and fucking laugh it up all night. And I suck at war zone. I'm terrible. Um, but we would have so much fun. And like looking back on that, it was almost like easier times. Like, what do you think? <laughs> what do you think like a fucking 12 or 13 year old is going to look back on when COVID happened and they're like, Oh, we got it. We, we weren't in school like this and that. Like those were the, those are going to be the good old days for some people. Like when COVID hit, you know what I mean? Like we camped all summer and fucking parents didn't have to work. And yeah, it's, I mean, it's so fucking weird. Just these last three years, how it's it, like you said, it feels like a complete blur. Well, yeah. And not only that, but I, I was talking, I had lunch with uh, our dad's old friend yesterday. And I mean, and I'm having lunch with him tomorrow. Lunch so with a 70 year old dude. <laughs> it, it's fucking, and it was Denny's something. A trip. Yeah. He's, a, he's a trip. And so this whole place is a trip. We go to this restaurant, uh, in Aurora area and we get there and it's like, you know, it's, I meet him at 1130 on a Wednesday and I get in the restaurant and there's nobody really in the seats yet, like in the in the seating area. Just everybody is at the bar. Bar's like full. And this is your typical sports bar. You've got like it's kind of like a, cigarettes, kind of like a little bit. You've got like a spot. you got like a washed up mid forties lady that you like used to be hot bartending, <laughs> and all the 80s, that is, that's pretty standard. <laughs> and all the like eighty year old dudes, literally. Be, there, I was the youngest guy there by twenty five to no, probably thirty five years. No joke. I didn't think. I don't think there was a single dude in there under sixty five years old. And they are getting hammered on. There was one guy drinking Chardonnay. There was one guy drinking Chardonnay. Yeah, Denny actually was drinking Chardonnay. Oh my! <laughs> and there was one guy drinking uh, next to me. He called it the, the the most drank Irish whiskey ever, and he's just pounding him. What is it? I, I don't know. Is it I like Tullamore Dew? I wasn't listening. He was like he was clearly listening into my conversation because he ended up asking me some questions about my job, which was wild. <laughs> but like, I feel like guys that age they don't know strangers. No, you know, like uh, which I kind of respect. Like they're past the point of giving a fuck. Like, what does this person think of me? Or you know, they just don't care. Yeah, it basically ended with me grabbing his cell phone from him and putting the the dnvr locker in the thing because he wanted like a primetime shirt like that's literally <laughs> what it ended up being that's fucking legendary um, but yeah just look and and the best part is this place sells lotto tickets these people were scratching off the whole bar is buying lottery tickets and cha-ching like Dude, that's that's hype. fucking old school like the pole tabs literally, in the midwest yeah it literally felt like we were in a different universe <laughs> i felt like i was in a different universe for like an hour and a half yeah it was like and a throwback to the 70s i had to legitimately like it took me like an hour two hours afterwards to like feel normal again not normal but like like, like you're I in wasn't, current day yeah like i was currently living the, in 2022 um but that's fucking awesome relaying that where was i going with that whole story i have no idea Oh man! Here oh, we are. We oh, were talking no, no. about the match ten minutes ago. Yeah, no, we'll we'll get to the match in a second. <laughs> we'll get there eventually. But no, he was talking about like you know politics and shit that seventy year olds talk about. Dude, and Denny does not stop talking. No, like Dude, I, I I talk a lot. Yeah, he I, I sit there almost silent like when we hang out. I told him I have to be like I when he wanted to meet for lunch. I said, all right, let's meet at eleven thirty. It takes me twenty minutes to get there from my office. I have a meeting at one p.m. I have to leave. We didn't order food till 12.35. Oh, fuck. So I ended up doing my meeting on the phone and making up some nonsense excuse why my Wi-Fi wasn't working, so I was just <laughs> on the phone. Great meeting turned out well, but I literally 
he we didn't we sat there for an hour and five minutes before Just we even ordered. And I and finally I had to say I had to like wave the lady down and say, Can we order food? And and he's basically did, did, did any even know what he wanted? No, he yes, he did. <coughs> ordered the special, which is the exact same thing that I got. And but he was like told like made the comment when she gave us the menus and told us what the special was. He goes, I might think about that when I'm ready. So <laughs> you know, like when you hear that, you're like, Oh fuck, he's not ready to order. We're like, we're in it. <laughs> yeah. And then but then she Brought him one Chardonnay, like second Chardonnay, about 20, 30 minutes later. Chardonnays at 1130 in the morning. Dude, this is a different life when you just have nothing to do. <laughs> and, but he, he bring, you know, she brought the second, but we didn't order. And I was like, yeah, yeah we need to well, order. Okay, what was the special? It was a, I wasn't, it was a club sandwich, which. Can't go uh, wrong know, with a club, club sandwich. Club sandwich, no, no cheese. That's kind of my, my, a good order for me. But the kicker was the side soup. And it was like a, it was like a meatball Basically, like spaghetti, not spaghetti soup, but like a meatball soup. They fucking bring you spaghettios. Like, <laughs> that's, that's your side. No, but like, it was Spell like. Spell your name in the fucking cup. Not like meatballs, like spaghetti and meatballs, but it was like. Skitty. Skitty. It was meatballs, like a like a legitimate Italian meatball, like a like Italian <clears throat> sausage in the soup. And so I was like, oh, I, I was sold. You know, I wasn't feeling great. Was so it was like, like red sauce? No, it was like, I, I don't remember. It was like, was it like a, Italian wedding like chili. soup? Uh, oh no! It's no, okay. they said I forget what she she relayed it to me, and I was like, "Yeah, that meatball." I am on a huge meatball kick with my pho right now, and so like thinking of meatballs and soup, I was like, "Sold." I, how can you cross pho and meatballs? That's fucking weird, dude. No, I'm telling you, they're chewy. You're which is weird my with pho. You're you're. Pho. So when Spencer I'm had his first, when Spencer had his first condo, there was a a pho spot like two or three minutes away. And would you go pick it up or DoorDash it? Um, uh, I usually would. Do I'd order it online and pick it up. Okay. Yeah. But I'm not shitting you. One of those big popcorn balls that are <laughs> popcorn balls, popcorn bowls that would fit like one of those big plastic bowls that would fit two bags of popcorn. Probably Spencer could eat an entire fucking bowl of it. It was like it had to have been like 64 ounces of pho. And you just somehow would sit there with your little fold out table and for on your couch and just eat for fucking 45 minutes and it blows like i don't know why are you that into pho what, what's the attraction i it's warm it's gf because of the rice noodles and of course it's just like it's literally my like soup broth meat and noodles like it's like they're my three favorite things yes yeah, the only thing that sketches you, me out personally is sometimes the meat I yeah, oh, it's definitely, like, not kosher when you're putting, like, just raw-ass meat. But the thing I love about it, too... God knows where. And this is kind of a COVID thing, a little bit, but, like, it is by far the best food to order takeout. Because you go home and I, I boil it myself, boil the, the shit myself, and yeah, you get to make it's like it. It's fresh. Like, it's like you get to make it, but they just give you the ingredients. It's like HelloFresh, but way easier <laughs> and way better. That, I mean, so I, that's why I think I got so addicted to it. I was eating it like two, three times a week. And least. I could eat it every night. Like, I, I honestly doesn't bother me to eat it every night. Yeah, I mean, it is pretty fucking good. I'll give you that. We're actually going to go to a ramen spot after this, so pretty close. What is that? Uh, I forgot. Anaki, Unaki. I thought it was two words, two short Asian. Unaki ramen, probably. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> That's the second word. Um, okay, Fuck back off. on the tracks. Relaying this whole story back to Denny and talking about politics, talking about this. The, he's like, we're living in the middle of history. Obviously, you always are. But like an insane history. Like in 50 years, when a 60-year-old history teacher is teaching 
13 year olds teach like the about COVID, time. COVID <laughs> and the fact that literally you, we wore masks everywhere and the fucking stores were shut down and restaurants were shut down and everything was fucking society shut down. like completely shut down like i don't think there's going to be anything i mean it may, hopefully it never happens again but it's honestly the most insane time in history when you're living in it you don't realize it but like him, all he does is sit and reflect all day. I don't have time to <laughs> fucking reflect. I'm thinking about the next thing I got to do that next minute. 100%. He's sh- drinking Chardonnay, reading a fucking Mike Pence book at home, <laughs> real talk, and thinking about the world. And like, so for when sure. He, and when he said that, it kind of resonated with me again. It's just like we are living in history. Well, yeah, oh, one hundred percent. Did you know that China literally? I think it was last week just lifted their COVID um, fucking stay at home ban. Really? They, those people, have, they have been, they went back into lockdown. Like, you couldn't leave your fucking apartment or your your place of living. I'm not shitting you. And they finally, because it, it was like, it almost became a government thing over there. No, no fucking surprise. But all the people of China fucking finally went out and, uh, I think they went on strike. And they were like, we need to fucking... Or, I don't know how you can strike against a stay-at-home ban. Like, does everybody get on Zoom all at once and fucking tell tell the government that they want to leave their house? No, I think people went actually out into the streets and they were or what? Not a strike, a fucking a protest. Thank there we thank you, Mitchell. Good one. You got there yourself. Yeah, I, I figured it out. Um, but I think those people were legitimately protesting because they were still in COVID lockdown. So isn't that fucking crazy? Like. Well, I've uh, some of the stuff that I've seen, at least on on Twitter or whatever, is like the insane shit you have to deal with at like an airport in China if you have COVID. They fucking wheel you around in a goddamn box with no air and like fucking freak out about it. Dude, it's crazy. I don't know if they if this is a real thing or not, but I heard in certain countries like they swab your asshole, like they where where is this? (laughs) I don't I don't know if this is a real thing or not. Like, My book they were testing something and they like get up in your asshole and like I don't know what it was, but sounds fun. I'm dead fucking serious. <laughs> yeah, Spen- Spencer's trying to get his uh, back door okay, knocked yep. on. Nope. <laughs> we're done with that. All right. But yeah, dude, like it's we're living in history, blah blah blah. <laughs> we were probably just rambling at this point, as per usual. Well, yeah. So the the origination of the match came when COVID started. So that's how we got. It. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, fucking we bringing it full circle. Bringing it full circle. Um, I will say, it, I think the matches have gotten progressively worse. It, the twelve hole thing, first of all, doesn't do it for me. It, uh, an incomplete non eighteen hole golf yeah. thing will never do it for me. No, just starting there. And maybe it would have only taken like twelve or thirteen holes because. I mean, it was basically Rory against Justin and Jordan. Like, fucking Tiger, man. He looks dilapidated. Like, they need to put him out to pasture. <laughs> he need, he, dude, he, he, we're, we're, uh, we're, these breath me? No, we're, we're, um, of course, tongue in cheek here. Always. Well, yeah, that, like, he's an old dude. They need to put him out to pasture. Doesn't that mean when you die? No. That just means when you retire someone. Oh. Like, Matt Ryan needs to go out to pasture. Oh, I like, thought it was, like, killing him. No. Like, sacrifice, not sacrificing, but, Jesus. Like... No, just letting them enjoy the rest of okay. their lives. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, Keep going. Spencer looked at me like I was saying we need to kill Tiger Woods because yeah. he doesn't fucking play good golf anymore. <laughs> no, I'm just saying he needs to give it up. He fucking sucks. Okay, And if fair he's enough. this hurt, 
and he's limping around like, and you know, I, f- I'm sure he's very hurt. Like, don't get me wrong, but if you're playing this bad, what the fuck's the point? Like, we're gonna go watch the PNC Father Son this weekend, or the, do they even call it the Father Son? Because technically, it's like, yeah, son, I, I think that's a little father daughter, father, you know, whoever. PNC Challenge is yeah. more, okay, more apropos. Um, <laughs> Uh, but we're gonna get to watch Charlie, which uh, here we're gonna have to talk about him next week. Well, dude, I mean, it, it is pretty crazy. Have you seen some of the videos? And I don't want to jump ahead of the match, but Charlie has turned into like a grown man. Oh yeah, overnight. Like, yeah, he's playing the the one up tees from the tips. Last year, he was playing like the fucking junior tees. He was teeing it up in the middle of the fairway. <laughs> now, I don't at, think he at actually the PGA plates. <laughs> I don't think he actually the family tee. I think he was playing the fucking like. The very far up tees last year, and now he's playing one. He's playing where this the same place that the seniors and the LPGA women are playing. That's from crazy. In he, that tournament, he showed up to this like practice round, and the fucking committee looked at him, and he was like, "Hey, I'm Charlie Woods." Yeah, like, they're like, okay, "Who the cool, fuck?" Moving on back, chief. <laughs> yeah, they're like, uh, "Who the fuck are you?" And where where did this little kid go? Like, he looked so much different a year ago than he does today. Which I was never really like. I didn't have that growth spurt really ever. I think I became this height in like ninth or tenth grade, and I've just been the same ever since. <laughs> Did you see real quick somebody in the comments of our TikTok, <laughs> the last TikTok what, we posted yesterday? What did it say? Uh, it said, "Oh boy, buddy, it? buddy's barely five one and can can re- hardly see over the counter." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, people oh, are such fuck. cocksuckers. Like I, I just can't. I can't handle that shit. Oh, dude, um, it was I was fucking dying though, and I saw it because there was one angle where the counter is actually a little higher, and like you're just like looking up like a child. Oh we had, yeah, so funny. Get fucked, dude. I also saw another guy on one of our TikToks say, "It, I've golfed my whole life. Pins and aces is for amateurs. Noobs." He or said noobs. Noob- I oh. commented on that. Oh, I good. couldn't hold that. Okay, back. yeah. I was like, "Oh, congrats!" I, I, you that's what I said. I said, fuck- "Congrats." <laughs> exactly what i commented fucking cheers bud join the club you've golfed your whole life you probably shoot 90 and have a fucking set of ap2s you douchebag (laughs) uh yeah no i don't even want to get into the tiktok comments but that guy can go fuck himself like fuck. (laughs) i don't want to get into it but (laughs) that's the last i have to say about it is get bent where you were talking about uh your five six oh yeah i was i I just never really hit that growth spurt you on the other hand Hit a very large growth spurt when you were like 19, 18, 18. Uh, my freshman year of college, so between 17 and 18 years old. Yeah. yeah, so you grew like, what, six or seven inches in a year? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I graduated high school at like 5'4 or 5'5 five five and came back from my freshman year of college at six foot. Yeah, which is fucking nuts. Nuts. Um, But you definitely got... But just like look at his genetics. Like could you have any better genetics than Elon Nordegren, who's a... Sw- is she a Swedish model or what... It- what what was she? Um, <laughs> as, as far uh, that sounds great. I think she was somewhere or Norway, whatever. Or was she a skier? I feel like was she an athlete? Is that even his mom? <laughs> yes, it's his mom. Are we positive on that? Um, I'm almost 100 percent positive. Well, this was pre seven iron through the back window, dude. Charlie's 13. Think about it. Oh eight. Or he was born in 09. Okay. Is that check out? So maybe what what year was that scandal? Dude, you want to hear something crazy real quick while you're looking that up? 
Um, I thought you were looking it up, but no. I'll get after it. So when you said 2009, like thinking of a human being born in 2009 is still absurd for me. But Stetson Bennett and Lamar Jackson were born the same year and, and were Heisman finalists five years apart. Yeah, that's fucking bananas. That's Stetson Bennett's like that dude that got held back. That's way like... Perry Ellis. <laughs> Remember that dude from oh, Kansas? Oh, yeah, that looked like he just started his 12th year at he, Kansas. His, actually, I saw a tweet resurface of him the other day, and he's playing in like some European league and literally looks like he's still 50 years old and he's like 31 or something. Oh, okay. Are we, are we finding out how old Charlie is here? Well, no, Charlie's 13. I know that. But yes, Elon Nordegren is his mom. Confirmed. Okay. And she is a Swedish model. Oh. So fuck me. Look at that. You know your Swedish models. Good yeah, I guess so. Google is the only place I find this, just for the record. Um, but yeah, like you have the good, great genes. Great genes. Like, genes. could you ask for any? Actually, probably the best genes in the world, maybe, other than Tom Brady's kids. Right. No shit. So you got to think that he's definitely going to become an athletic specimen, which he is right before our eyes. But yeah, he's going to be all over the headlines, all over national TV. It, it'll just be curious to see. Obviously, he knows. I wonder if he plays other sports, first of all. But the whole, his expectations are going to be through the roof. Because Tiger, you know, we were very young when he was, like, getting, and, and he ended up gaining expectations because he was the greatest golfer in the world for tw 10 straight years and unbeatable almost. But he, I don't think he grew up with the expectations because he came out of nowhere. Like, Tiger? Yeah. Like, as a kid. Like, I mean, he was a great golfer no, as a kid. Oh yeah, but, like, for sure. now you're the son of that. It's just like LeBron James' son. Yeah. LeBron James is way more pressure. Yeah. You know, everybody's like, oh, he's great. But, like, every year there's a number one recruit in high school. Yeah. That comes out. Like, but whatever when you're the you son, accomplish, is, you're going to be the first in your family to do all of that. Like, you're you're setting the tone. You're the the patriarch. Is that, is, I think. Yeah. I think yeah, that's maybe it. Fucking hey, wow, man. I'm we in my on bag. It. Yeah, you were um, so deep but, in your yeah. bag today. <laughs> but yeah, he was. He, you kind of like started out like Tiger. Obviously, he was the first huge success in his family, and now his son is like can't live up to that. I mean, like look at Jack Elway. He never became anything. Played at ASU for like a game, um, and then I mean, you've got some other kids. You know, it just depends where where their motivation is. You know what I mean? Because there's some guys, I think, that are super motivated when they have super successful parents, not necessarily to fill those shoes, but to make a name for themselves, like to make their own name. Um, but then there's some guys who are like, fuck it, why would I care? My family has hundreds of millions of dollars. I'm just going to enjoy myself and live off of my name for the rest of my life. The, uh, what's his name, Bolin. That's oh, him. dude, that's exactly Johnny who Bolin I thought of. Model. Going on fucking Instagram, just... Like, ripping his whole family and inheriting close to a billion dollars. Like, what the fuck? Amazing. Amazing work by yeah, him. Yeah, that's, that's quite the business model for, like... A life model of family is rich, I do nothing, yeah. I get rich, I live the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Amazing. Um, but anyways, all right, let's circle we this get all back the to way back to the match. <laughs> We're almost there. So, under the lights, what did you think about that? I thought it was badass. I, I really liked it. Um, I bet all the people were shit faced. Did you think about that? All these, like, I bet some old people got lost out there for sure. Hundred percent. Just wandering around, like they're on their sixth margarita. They're down in Florida, like warm. Some fucking snowbirds down there just came down from 
Pennsylvania or New York for the for the winter time, and they're like, we want to go check out this fucking golf. And did we have any alligator fucking we, alligator? Oh tax god, that? yeah. That that would actually kind of fuck me up. I would not go near a, any, any of, of those palms. No, fuck that. But so overall production value of the match, like you said, they've gotten worse. But what are your so just full disclosure here? I watched a fair amount of it, but not I was working. Um, and well, so the, I didn't. The wa- trouble was I couldn't have the volume on because we were here at the DNVR bar, but there's music on. Um, so I went back and listened to some sound bites, and there's some obvious. Uh, Charles Barkley, all-time sound bites that are so fucking good. Um, Justin Thomas talks a good about a good amount of shit, which I can appreciate because I do the same thing on the golf course. And I feel like talking shit to Charles Barkley is like the low-hanging fruit. Like they just bring him on the broadcast to get roasted. You know what I mean? It's almost it's kind of that way on the fucking TNT NBA show. You know what I mean? He just is there for the entertainment. Obviously, he does. He brings less value to golf commentating than he does to basketball commentating and he played actual basketball so he's definitely not there for his knowledge but it was very entertaining from what i what i saw um the comments i heard from justin thomas i think at one point he asked chuck if he was confusing the moon for an oreo (laughs) like that shit is fucking funny yeah that was fucking awesome um and there's a few other ones i mean there was some other funny spots where like Justin Thomas was hitting three wood and Tiger just leaves his cart in reverse the whole time, just full on beeping. And I feel like that's like a low key. That's like a golfers only funny, but that shit's fucking oh, that's, hilarious. Yeah. But like, if you didn't play golf, you'd be like, that's you wouldn't even like, that's when you know, Tiger's like scraping the bottom of the barrel. Like he sucks is when he's, he's trying to fucking pull these tricks on all these younger dudes. Cause he knows he doesn't have a chance. Like straight up, he's got to get, you know, an edge somewhere else. Um, but also, so their cart setup is badass. I don't understand how the AirPod shit works. Like, they hear all the audio in their AirPods, and then they, I mean, I get how you talk on your AirPods, but how do you get a network? Like, how do you get Charles Barkley in your AirPods? And how I wonder how, like, that's got to be such a, a whole deal from their production team to sync up all those sets of AirPods to the network, to each other, because they can hear each other talking. They can hear, like, it, it fucking blows my mind. I don't know how that works. Yeah, that that whole, I mean, I guess it's like it could, it's like a five-way phone call or between yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. a six-way phone It's almost like a Zoom just, call, but you're audio only. You're playing golf. Yeah. yeah. And there was, I think there was a couple times where the connection got shitty and they they lost a little bit of audio. But if I recall correctly, the first time they tried it, it was fucking terrible. They missed like half of the audio. It was coming in, going out. You know, their AirPods weren't working. So I think they've kind of dialed that in a bit. Um, overall production value is really cool. I think they had a drone flying around or, well, I don't think it was a blimp. Um, they had something overhead, which I would assume was a drone. Uh, but it, it kind of poses the question. I was talking to a few of the Nuggets guys because they came over and watched a little bit of it with me. They're like, why isn't there more lighted golf in America? And why isn't there more lighted golf in general? But you see a lot more of it over in the Middle East, like where I always see it's Dubai. Generally, there's probably a handful of courses over there that do night golf. Their course is fully lit up. And I I just got to assume it's money because that's got to cost a fucking arm and a leg to light an entire golf course. 
Um, yeah, well, so I, like I said, didn't, didn't watch as much as I would have hoped. So I didn't see a ton. What was the, is the lighting scenario, it kind of seemed like from what I caught that it's only like 50, 60% of the course was lit up. Or was it like, because it didn't seem like you could kind of tell, you could tell it was dark. Obviously, you can always tell it's dark. <laughs> but like in an arena, you can't necessarily tell it's dark. Yeah. Like a, or in a, uh, like a football stadium that's outside, even though it's dark, because they have lights everywhere. And yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't, how, like, how was the lighting? Was it like every I, other, every, is it like tee box, fair, middle fairway green? I think it was, I think it was, like, it wasn't super well lit. Like, there wasn't a light every 50 yards. I think, like you said, there's probably three to five lights a hole, depending on the length of the hole. Uh, maybe two on the par threes, just like tee box and green. Um, but yeah, it's not crazy, crazy lit. Like, it's not stadium lighting by any means. Well, it is kind of stadium lighting. Um, but it's just a fucking insane proposition to light an entire golf course. Like, people say golf courses are already a waste of nature. Can you imagine what the electric bill is for one night lighting up a golf course? Like... But the the thing is, is imagine being able to go out on a Friday night with your buddies, um, you know, everyone else at the house is asleep. You go out on a Friday night with your buddies and make like an 11 o'clock nine hole tea time. And you're just like half cut, rolling around, fucking shoot 55 on the nine. But you're having an absolute blast. You know what I mean? Like that, that's a fucking revenue generator. You can almost have a club, like not a club, but like a kind of a, you know a bar that's open late and I imagine that scene would be pretty fucking cool, but I don't know if it would cover all the electrical costs by any means. The If this becomes a thing, it'd be kind of wild, but like golf pros, you're going to have to have like a night and a day pro almost. I feel like at, at this point, or I, I guess a huge staff that can work overnight, but Oh yeah. man, I already get annoyed when somebody rolls up and <laughs> for a tea time in the light. Yeah. I can't imagine if it's fucking Midnight. dark. <laughs> And somebody's rolling up there. They're like, like, can I walk on? You're like, it's fucking one in the morning, oh, bro. Dude. I did. I think I played golf. The latest I ever made a tee time for was at not, like 930 at night. I played in Alaska. Oh, yeah. And it was lit because this place was like very small, family sportsy. And they had a fucking paper tee sheet where they would just write your name down with a pen. That shit was so fire to me. <laughs> but yeah. That, That's some Alaskan shit there for I, sure. I do think that playing like playing golf in the dark, like you said, money-wise... I don't th I, I don't think we're ever going to be at a point where this is like a public thing. Yeah, like a public golf sense. type of thing, you know? Yeah. Like I feel like it's going to be private courses with tons where, of money where yeah. they can do that. But overall kind of a cool concept and I love I the concept. We, but I think you know, we've talked about pros like one of the main differences between professional golf tournaments and even like smaller golf tournaments, not professional necessarily, but spotters I feel like it'd be pretty hard to find your own ball, like if if you were just playing at a course like that. Like, it's in and out of the light. Did it slice? Did you know? Is it under the light post? Is it not? Oh right. Like I feel like it'd be pretty hard to find your ball. Obviously, in a tournament like that, they're not going to lose a golf ball because they've got millions. Uh, of Tiger games. was hitting it fucking two fairways <laughs> over, and there's no fans over there. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, do you know what? Another thing to consider too, though, is how dope would it be if you're like, we close it too, and somebody wants to stay out and play a few extras you just flip the lights off you're like ah you're fucked oh yeah that's a good like it's a hard out there's yes. there's you're not waiting for anyone to come in you turn off the lights and you're like well you're either sleeping out there or you're fucked like you're coming in yeah exactly that's like having those carts where you could just control that they only drive to the clubhouse so yeah fire. that shit is very fire um but still so 
Justin and and Jordan kind of wiped the floor with them. I, I one of my favorite comments at the end, like I think it was Jordan, was like, "I'm really enjoying getting this trophy presented to me. I'm enjoying it even more that Tiger's sitting over there stewing about it because." The one thing he'll never lose is his competitiveness. That's yeah. the reason he's even fucking playing still. Yeah, exactly. Because normal human that's not that competitive. Even most of tour players, provided they have enough money to live the rest of their life, which he does, would hang it up, would have hung it up. Oh, for so sure. So the fact that he's fighting through it like that, you know, his competitiveness and he doesn't like to lose at all. No. And, and yeah, I I totally agree with that. But it's funny because the tiger effect. So we tweeted out who are you betting on? And in we got uh, 55% votes for Tiger and Rory, 45 for Spieth and Thomas. So that is odds via the DraftKings Sportsbook, which let me tell you a little bit about the DraftKings Sportsbook. They are the best sporting book app. Best sporting book, for best sure. Sporting book, best sportsbook app in the entire United States. And it's that time of the year where we get excited about all the NBA basketball going down. When I throw down on the NBA action, it's always with DraftKings Sportsbook. Last night, got a little tuned up before the Nuggets game. Threw down a same-game parlay. 25 bucks to win, like 700 Jamal Murray couldn't score. The one leg I didn't hit. I had Monte. I had Jokic's over in points, rebounds, assists, which he hit easily. Uh, had an MVP night, like one of the crazier nights I've ever seen. Nuggets had most points in the paint in the history of the NBA, which was nuts. They were not shooting well from three and still won. Um, but shout out to DraftKings Sportsbook for letting me put together a parlay. And then guess what? Since it was a no sweat bet, I got a free $10 parlay for today. So I used that on a little same game parlay for the Avs game tonight. But with the DraftKings Sportsbook, you get multiple, you can combine multiple bets for bigger payouts with all the same game parlays. Um, DraftKings is now live in Maryland, so um, well, actually, we actually knew that. We were betting on DraftKings when we in, were out in yeah, Baltimore we were a couple in weeks Bal- ago. Yeah. So we were kind of like the pioneers of that, no big deal, you know, <laughs> bringing it back to Colorado. But download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and get in on all the holiday hoops action. If you sign up with the code DNVR and you place a $5 Moneyline bet on any NBA team to win, you get $150 in free bets if they do, only at the DraftKings Sportsbook with code DNVR. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. I want to also tell you guys about our great friends over at the Game Time app. By far the best ticketing app. When It's the only ticketing app Mitchell and I use when we don't already have tickets and are waiting. Uh, you can get into the Avalanche game tonight. Um, you're listening to this on Friday, so we're going to go... Um, we're going to go... They have a game Saturday against the Preds. Okay. Saturday against the Preds, we are doing a DNVR takeover for that, so that should be fun. But you can get into the game on Saturday for a measly one ticket. Ooh, flash deal. We're going to slide to unlock that bad boy. Right in the center ice, upper upper balcony for 56 bucks. You can That's also a fucking sit, deal. You can also sit corner ice for 35 bucks, cheapest ticket. Watch so, the defending cup champs. That's, yeah, against to get in the house there. Matt Duchesne came out with some stuff today. Kind of like made me want to like him more, but I will not. Um, <laughs> refrain. We, and we, we have the ultimate... Um, prize anyways we won the Stanley Cup without him he left to play more playoff games just like Nolan Arenado he left to play more playoff games and has won zero since he left the Rockies <laughs> the same amount they have so playoff series essentially so um, but yeah game time app is the best one you it's super easy to navigate I'm on it right now you can go to a map the map view is by far the better view because you can see all around they have 
flash deals. They have the cheapest ticket. They show you the best deal. It's just the, all in all the best ticketing app you can find. So make sure you go into our show notes. If you're listening to this podcast, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, it will be in there in the show notes. Click on the Game Time link and buy your tickets through that. I know the Broncos game is like dummy cheap this weekend. Um, it gets you into any sporting event you like, even concerts, shows, all that stuff. So make sure you're checking out Game Time in our show notes. That's how you know we know that you're listening and using Game Time through us. So, all right, let's talk about debunking some swing myths. I'll go. I'll start because I then I'll start the number one, the thing I've heard a million times. Keep your head down. Well, so let me. Can we just talk real quick about what originated this when you when you texted me today and you're like, we're talking about show ideas. I was like, well, Justin Thomas posted this uh, Instagram story where he was really getting after a tee shot, and he goes, you know, when the left heel comes off the ground, I'm like ready to rip it, and. I've heard so many people be like, why can I let I, I shouldn't lift my left heel off the ground, should I? Like, that's not good. That's not because they think it looks bad. And I'm like, see that <laughs> I'm not gonna call name any names, but there is a member at the Valley of Fun that lifts his left heel fully up and he looks like an idiot. Who I'm not gonna say names <laughs> because there somebody could be listening, but I saw the guy swing the golf club and I go, God damn, you look so dumb. But <laughs> Get into get, well if because it, of the way he does it, yeah. and get into why it's not necessarily itself is bad, but what <laughs> makes it bad? Because it can be bad. No, it, I don't think it really the way can. he does it's bad. I, I'm telling you. Well, okay, if, if you're turning properly, sometimes when people that's what I'm getting at. Yes, left lifting the left heel can cause oh. most people to shift sway back. Yes, sway, and if sway it, back. Yes, if it sways you backwards, but. If you're rotating so hard and your left knee is kicking towards the target to the point where you have to lift your left heel off the ground, then that's totally fine. Like you're actually restricting your hip turn by trying to force that left heel to stay in the ground. But yes, there is a way that if you if you're just lifting your left heel to to lift your left heel, then you look like a fucking idiot. But if you're lifting it as a byproduct, oh fuck off, Siri. If you're doing it as a byproduct of making a big turn then that's totally fine. Like Ben Hogan, I think was the most famous for it. And he always lifted his left heel. And what else it helps with too, is when people try to keep their heels down, they have a tendency to keep some of their weight forward at the top of their backswing. And then they reverse pivot where they swing down, push all their weight into their back foot and fucking swing through it there. So it, it helps the transfer of like loading in a baseball swing. You know, you, you never see a guy, and I'm not comparing baseball and golf. There is some similarities. But when you see a dude or a girl in softball, when they load up for a pitch, you never see them keep that front foot completely planted in the ground, do you? Maybe that's why I was so shitty at baseball towards the end of my career. <laughs> they were telling you to keep your left heel in the dirt? No, I just kind of did. You were just, Oh, did you? Yeah. I, yeah, well, you fucking sucked. I, that's why you were hitting grounders to the shortstop on every dude, fucking Dude, that was my bat. fucking... And when it was a fast pitcher, it was grounded to the second baseman because I was <laughs> You're very late. behind. <laughs> You're, I, didn't you? I'm sure you ripped a few doubles right down the right field line against the fast pitchers. Oh, dude. Just I, not, I had, oh, yeah. I had a well, sweet spot where I could hit. I could fucking tear it. I was tearing okay, it up when I was like This isn't 13, about your 14. baseball career, but yeah, I mean, that is me too. I was, when I was, whenever I was late on a pitch, it was just a fucking pop fly to right field. Um, but I gave up 
gave up baseball so I could focus on this great game of golf uh, for for good reason. Um, but yeah, the left heel is one of the big ones. And then what Spencer was talking about, keep your head down. Have you ever seen like someone that tries to look at the ball and follow through at the same time? You can't follow through. If you're looking at where the ball was, um, <laughs> fucking just getting the middle finger from uh, Brandon over here. That was a treat. Uh, I thought he was coming to talk to us about the, the ongoing crime investigation. <laughs> uh, but anywho, uh, keeping your head down is not ideal. I mean, obviously, you, the, the right idea is to stay in your spine angle through impact and to not uh, pull your hips inward. What is that? Um, what's the technical term? I forget. Uh, but you're, you don't want your spine angle to come up and out of its, its original setup angle to the point where that's where you get a lot of your tops, a lot of your chunks, things like that, because it's all timing-based because you're standing up out of it. So if you ever feel like you're standing up out of it, you don't need to keep your head down. You need to stay in your spine angle. And I will say, too, though, that if you have too vertical of a, a shaft pitch on the way down in your downswing, that's another reason you stand up out of it. So partially, it's partially about getting the club shaft shallowed out behind you in order to stay in that spine angle. But it's also... Um, Another way I like to think of it is like keeping your butt up against a wall. I tell a lot of people that like pretend like your butt cheeks are up against a wall and you and butt chicks, butt chicks uh, <laughs> and they stay up against that wall through impact. And then once you get into the follow through, that left hip is up against the wall because you're rotating in through the out, out through the shot, I guess you could call it. Um, but yeah, that is definitely one that's worth debunking. Well, and the funny thing is I always like pull this move cause I think it's cool. And I like to be like, I don't like to show off necessarily like, cause I'm not good enough to do that. <laughs> but whenever I'm teaching someone I knew is, know is very new and I like ask them, you know, what they've heard or what they work on. Uh, and they say, keep your head down. I like move them to the side. I, I lift my head up, stare right at them and then hit a golf ball. Yeah. It's cause my spine angle stayed in the right spot. Yeah. My head can look wherever the fuck it wants. But act correct. And, and, and what one of the things I think, you know, keeping your eye on the ball is kind of like kind of in that same scenario. And I think that's a good starter base to like obviously make contact. But one of the things that I've seen is with the semi okay players, like people that have gotten past the making contact and have figured out, you know, how to make contact, how to hit the ball, the the level of keeping your head down through the entire swing and even through the the follow through restricts your entire follow through yeah absolutely. And, and that's one thing that they don't realize either they're like oh like i i'm hitting the ball great but why am i hitting it 80 you know 70 to 80 percent of what i think i should yes because you're not swinging through the ball correct your your body is not turning through the ball and then a lot of the time people will pull it because their arms keep traveling but their body stops so they're essentially having to roll the club face over you're not going to hold the club face square to the target all the way down, and I mean, you shouldn't really do that anyway, but your body should be releasing along with your arms and your wrists and everything, as opposed to your body stop. It's called a pivot stall, where your your body stops rotating and your arms keep going, and that's going to create all timing-based shots. You could hit it right, you could hit it left, you know, you could chunk it, whatever. So there's a lot of different uh, things that can come from keeping your head down, and it's usually not good contact. <laughs> Yeah, honestly, it, unless it, you're just fucking like chopping wood, like if you're just sticking the club in the ground and I have seen some guys do that, that think they know what they're doing. Um, so, you know, 
teach their own. But uh, if you're planning on letting the club travel through impact and in the follow through, you need to allow your body to rotate and your spine is directly or your head is directly connected to your spine. So your, your hips, which are connected to your hips, isn't there a song? The thigh bones connected to the hip bone. What? Nah, that's whatever. Yeah. But is. everything has to rotate together. So if you keep your head down, that's in turn going to keep your spine where it's at and it's going to keep your hips where they're at and you're not going to be able to turn. So, all right, let's, let's get into the next one. This is my, one of my favorites. Keep your left arm straight. Yeah. What the fuck does that mean? Like, what does that do? I think what it creates, and this, I'm going to go deep in my bag here, creates depth in your backswing. How about that? That, no, I would agree. But see, do you know what is actually, and it's so funny when I tell people like, when I'm teaching them and I'm like, obviously I, I tell them how to do it, but I'm like, we need to get you turning more because think about it. It's just the same thing with not turning in the follow through. Your arms are going to fucking fold up. You're, you're keeping your head down. It's the same thing with the backswing. If you're keeping your, your body facing straight forward in the same position as you were at a dress and you take a backswing the further you try to take it back, the more your arms are going to fold. Because if you don't turn back at all, the farthest you're going to be able to take the club is parallel to the ground without bending your arm, you know? So then you see it with a lot of, like, older ladies and um, just generally, I hate to say it, but just older people in golf that don't want to make as big of a turn, but they want to make a big backswing. So they really fold their arms up over their right shoulder and kind of like they're throwing, like, a sack of potatoes over their shoulder. And it's not necessarily, like a bad thing it's just it, it's a byproduct of other things there's keep, telling somebody to keep their arms straight does nothing for them if they're if, if keeping your left arm straight is a product of making a bigger turn and adding some depth into your backswing then yes that's great but see like we're saying a lot of these these fixes are actually products of a bigger fix which is generally your pivot so another one that I, do you have anything more on that that one no i i do think like you said, it's <clears throat> one of the biggest issues I've seen is like some people will, it, it's just like you said, it, it, it all like works together because yeah. the, when they keep their left arm straight, it generally hopefully causes them to pivot more, but yeah. people just swing with too much arms in general. Exactly. But if you pivot more, you it naturally, my, my left arm is not straight at all. And like when people just like literally like, make their left arm like a full fully erect and then try to turn back and like keep it like that. I'm just yeah. Like, they oh, look God, like a you... fucking robot. Yeah, exactly. And also like, you, like they don't create any speed either. So, uh, yeah, that I've always wanted to be like when somebody goes, well, somebody told me to keep my left arm straight. I just want to be like, why did they tell you why? What, what, like, and I hate to say it, but that is my biggest gripe with almost all golf instruction out there. Not all of it, but bottom line, if a coach can't tell you why, and especially a, more or less a coach, like a buddy, because everyone knows that everybody loves to give fucking unsolicited golf advice when they fucking suck. Um, but if if your buddy is telling you why or how to do something or telling you to do something or your coach, and they can't tell you why it benefits you, then you have no reason to do it. Like if they can't verbally tell you why it's improving your swing, then there's no reason to do it. So I have one other one that g kind of goes on the the robotic um, line here is when people set up to the ball and they look like they're 
they're just sticking their ass straight out. Their spines like fucking they, they look like they're forcing their posture. Their their spines way too erect. Um, good word there. Two erects in like ten minutes is pretty pretty <laughs> and exciting. We're just talking about golf. Yeah. Um, but when when your posture is way too stiff, like I, I have a fucked up back, so my posture is naturally like my shoulders are a little bit rolled. But there's a lot of teachers actually teaching a little bit more of rolled shoulders now because when you're when you're standing too stiff straight up, like with your spine at that angle. Um, and, and your spot, like you're, you're kind of like pinching your shoulder blades almost is what it looks like. A lot of people are doing Think about how much that restricts your, your range of motion on your backswing. It, it creates all this mechanical. It creates no feel. You're probably going to end up taking the club way too far to the inside, which will then create an over the top move, make you slice it. Um, there's just so many things and, and you just look like you're, you're like afraid to hit the golf shot. Like you're just standing there like so tense. And I mean, people have the yips, the yips are our very real thing, but the posture, like being relaxed over the golf ball, I think is such a huge thing that, and a lot of people are like, well, don't you need to stand like super straight up with like your shoulders back? And it's like, no, I mean, there is some players on the PGA tour that do that, but that's because they've been doing it their whole lives. There's no right. This is the nuts and bolts of what I'm saying. There's no right way to address a ball. You know what I mean? There's there there could be a few wrong ways. Like if you see somebody and they're fucking facing their target trying to hit a golf ball, you're like, that's a little fucked up. But there's no right or wrong way to align to your target and to set uh, position yourself to your target, if that makes sense. Yeah, and I think one of the points you just mentioned that is is huge is there is no right way to swing a golf club, but there is a lot of wrong ways. Yes, and that's it's a you know that's a whole thing in itself to dive into but overall like put, like even like a simple thing like putting that's so hard because people have pe- people don't think putting is hard because they have too far expectations it's legitimately just hard um but there's there's not really a right way to putt but there's it, you're <laughs> ultimately getting the ball in the hole but there's definitely things you can do where it's like ah uh, that is hurting that is physically hurting you. exactly like when somebody asks for a putting lesson i'm like oh fuck here we go like the, and and chipping is kind of the same way, but I actually love chipping lessons because everybody does the same wrong thing, and it's so easy to fix. Yeah. Like I, I know when somebody it's wants a thirty-minute chipping no- lesson, I'm like, "Yep, I got you." All right, let's go uh, another myth. So this is just some things I found on the internet, and you're gonna debunk them. <laughs> the okay, the like when people say to slow your swing down. Yeah, that <laughs> I, I think. Let me break this down, and then you can break it down further. So I think slowing your swing down is a great way to practice. And I try to teach people that, generally speaking. But I think when you try, when they say, oh, you're swinging too hard in a, in, on the golf course, if you're pra- practicing as slow, and, and I don't even think swinging slow, the overall swing being slow is, is an ideal thing either. It's like taking a half swing and swinging slow are two separate things. Yeah, totally. Um, and that... I mean, there's a few different ways to like analyze this because having a slow swing, and, and this is one of the biggest things that I was taught at a pretty young age um, that has always stuck with me. There's a difference between tempo and rhythm. There's some, you look at like Nick Price is one of the famous guys, Greg Norman, Jack Nicholas, like 
they did not have slow backswings, but everything was in rhythm. So like take a song, for example, it can be a slower tempo, but it's in rhythm. Or you can have a faster tempo, but it's still in rhythm. So getting out of rhythm is really what you're trying to avoid. And think about it. If you're taking, because let's be real, when you stand over a golf ball, you're not trying to swing softly at it. No, that's just not your nat inherently natural move. You're wanting to to create speed and swing hard. So if you're taking a slower backswing, you're going from think of it like a car. You're going from 20 miles an hour in your backswing. And then all of a sudden you're get, getting up to 60. Like, what do you think can go wrong there? So many things can go wrong. So if you're creating a constant speed where you're on cruise control at 60, your backswing 60, your follow, your, your downswing 60, your follow throughs, all the same speed. It's much easier to keep everything in rhythm altogether. So slowing your swing down, it, the whole goal is to not get it disjointed. And that's all it is. Like I have a faster rhythm. I, I swing, I have a pretty fast backswing and I don't have much time in transition. And then there's some people like it's taught in a lot of like Asian culture where you, they take these, this super slow backswing and a pause at the top. And I'm not saying that's bad either, but that's something that they can, they've naturally practiced from a young age, but to tell somebody with a quicker backswing to slow down their backswing and then they get to the top and they just yank the club straight down into the ground that's doing them no benefit. So there, there's there's be, there's definitely better ways to go about it. And what I always like to think of, like when I'm really trying to stay in sync and in rhythm, is almost like there's an invisible string from the butt of my grip to my belly button. Like my belly button follows the butt of my grip. When I take my backswing, I'm turning my belt buckle, my belly button away from the target. And when I'm coming through, my arms aren't out racing my upper body. Like I'm not flipping and you know, it's, it's all very arbitrary comments here, but everything is moving as one piece. The golf swing is one piece. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's one, exactly. And I think piggybacking off of, of, of a slow swing in general, what I've seen, and it can be bad for, it can be bad for a guy like me that knows a good amount about the golf swing. I'm not going to say I know as much as I probably should, but when you slow down your backswing, you tend to get more mechanical and more in your own in your own feelings, in your own like mind about the backswing. Like, oh, where's my club here, here, here? Your your mind tends to think about way more things than it should in a golf swing when you For have sure. that slow backswing. And then you turn robotic essentially. And when you try to steer the club and steer the ball the whole way through your backswing and then through your downswing, they're just gonna create a clusterfuck. So Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's uh and once again, the backswing goes back to, goes back to, huh? Um, it goes back to why are you doing it? You know, like people are like, oh, I want to be here in my backswing. I want to be there in my backswing. What is that accomplishing for you? Like if, if you are just trying to hit these certain positions, but it's not making you any better, then why are you, you know, it's people get wrapped up in aesthetics of the golf swing. And like, I remember just the first person that comes to mind is Allie. Cause Allie's like, my swing just doesn't aesthetically look good. And I'm like, it doesn't have to aesthetically look good in order to perform, you know? And there's plenty of guys that don't have aesthetically good looking golf swings and girls and they get the job done. So it definitely doesn't have to be aesthetically pleasing to create a good golf shot by any means. No, there's, there's great swings that aren't aesthetically pleasing. And then there's bad, there's like aesthetically pleasing swings that aren't, you know, 
solid essentially like you'll you'll see somebody with a really good swing but that doesn't necessarily mean that doesn't translate into how good of a golfer they are exactly so if you have any more myths or anything uh leave those in the comment section we are going to start doing this every podcast shout out to nick scott he is our inaugural comment so every every podcast now if we get if we get a um a comment on the dnvr.com so head over to thednvr.com look for big drive energy podcast and when we post the post the this the list the article it's not really an article but we write about what we talked about in the pod and then the, you can listen to it from there as well uh, down at the bottom there's a comment section for you diehards so make sure you're commenting on our pods or just hit us up with a tweet whatever um, and Nick says inaugural comment let's go you guys are awesome I've been listening since day one appreciate that brother just a quick question for you today. What clubs do you guys currently play? Going to love the new comments section. Thanks, gentlemen. Uh, I'll start with me. So I've got Pins and Aces bag. Best bag in the game. It's fire. It's pink. People always tell me it's my girlfriend's bag. Tell them to fuck off and I'll beat their ass at golf. Um, but no, I have... So I have the uh, pretty much all Cobra um, straight from the top down. The new Cobra Rad... Or not Rad Speed. Rad X Driver. Um... 10 and a half degrees, extra stiff flex. Then I have an Adams hybrid that I've had since high school. Uh, I will never get rid of it. I have the graphite design shaft in that, the old Tiger Woods shaft that you can like barely find anywhere. I will literally never, ever get rid of that club. That's my three hybrid. I have a five wood in my bag, but I'll be honest, I don't ever, I hit it like once every year, maybe once or twice a year. I hit one of the best golf shots of my life with it actually this past year, but it's more on there so I can have a cool head cover. Um, not really used at all. And then I go four through pitching wedge in the Cobra King Mim copper irons. They're really cool looking. I don't play enough golf to wear the copper off of them. I think that's one of the downfalls of this whole golf moving to like black clubs, copper clubs. Like they don't look the same after a year of, yeah. of state. If you use. play a lot of golf, they don't look good. Yeah. And I have the, uh, KBS graphite shafts in them which i actually love they're like super they're like silver metallic yeah your Badass clubs look sick yeah. yeah my i'm all about the aesthetics they're very heavy though i'm all about the aesthetics yeah. and then i've got the cobra what we raw. just said not to do yeah i guess your golf clubs you know it's different yeah and i've got it's kind of an accessory exactly like i look good maybe don't play good but <laughs> somebody's like looks at me and is like oh fuck that you're guy's like good. the dude with the fake louis bag exactly everybody thinks is the shit but yeah, you know exactly you know on the inside it's fake oh 100 percent. it's all a facade <laughs> um and then i've got the cobra kb or yeah cobra kb tour 52 56 60 in the full face which is actually tr still trying to get used to that but the full face wedges when you look their performance spencer is great. catches a lot of high towers so yeah so it's, it's fucking perfect. great I get, for him. I get all that fucking extra spin up there and then my putter um it it's currently a spider. I was gonna say what you got this week because you fucking yeah. Spencer has twelve putters. I have at least yeah, I have at least fifteen to twenty putters. I usually change them the second I have a bad putting day, which is just about every round. I change them. Then the next round, the first round, I, I'll tell you this: this is a proven science. The first round with a new putter is the best round you're gonna play with that putter ever, and then it goes increasingly. The first putt you hit with it at PGA Tour Superstore or in the pro shop, you're like, this thing's fucking money. Um, I will say though that I had an Odyssey putter last year. Fabian's sitting here in the studio with us. Uh, I I bought this Odyssey putter. I was like, damn, this thing's sick. And so I have it for like a week, and I'm kind of like eh, on the fence about it because I I I've stuck with the same putter for forever. I'm I've been a big Odyssey guy, um, for years. I've got like six at home, but this one, um, I forget what it's called, but it's a mallet and it's got the 
uh, one big line going through the back. It's a bigger mallet. Um, and I let Fabian try it and like, he goes, I'm taking this like, and he's still putting with it. This was two years ago and he's still putting with it to this day. So I'm like, that was worth it. Like he's not, and, and you had that Nike putter for fucking how many years before that. So, uh, for forever, but he switched over to that Odyssey and I'm like, at least somebody's getting some use out of it. Um, I'll go through my bag real quick and then we'll probably wrap this shit show up, uh, so we can head over to the Avs game. Um, my driver is the Callaway. Oh, what the fuck? Is it Epic? No, it's the Rogue. <laughs> I'm a great Callaway staff guy. Uh, Callaway Rogue, um, Sub Zero with the hazardous uh, Hulk shaft in it, which is, I get a lot of shit talk. People are like, oh, you only fucking swing at 90 miles an hour. You have a Hulk shaft in your driver. <laughs> I'm like, go fuck yourself. This is, I, I didn't even tell my rep what I wanted. He just put it in there. It's, I might sell it for 500 bucks on eBay soon. Who knows? <laughs> so um, joke's on you, bitch. Yeah, fucking suck it. You can buy it from me. Uh, um, three wood. Three wood. I didn't. I, I can't go away from this TaylorMade M2 fucking turd-looking club that just is so hot. Like, the face just it just jumps. What do you... So hot. So fucking hot. Um, I actually had... Or no, it's the M5. M5. I used to have the M2 cave the face in on that thing. Uh, cause they are, they're built like shit. Um, so then they sent me the M5, but the M5 gets out there like super low spin. It's got the hazardous black, uh, black and yellow or the yellow hazardous yellow technically or whatever. Fuck it. Uh, with the extra stiff shaft hybrid, I have a Callaway apex, um, with the, the old school D uh, Aldilla, um, green, Remember that EV, like, with the flames on it? That yeah. was in... I saw that. My Cobra 5 would. Yeah. My old Cobra 5 would. Yeah, dude, that, that shit, shit slaps. Yeah, so I, 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 I fucking broke that shit in half at the fucking <laughs> family sports, dude. <laughs> fucking so sad. I fucking made What'd a you, great swing. I hit a little this, too much fucking turf, and that fucking head flew made a great 30 swing, yards. Chunked a five wood. Fucking put that thing in the trash in two. <laughs> oh, that was that, sad as shit. Dude, those old... Co I remember those old Cobra, Cobra Woods. They were as tall as they were wide. Yeah. Like, they were just fucking like, like a, a square. fucking box. <laughs> box on the end of a fucking yeah, stick. No, that's what it felt like. Um, but when I saw they had that shaft available for that club, I was like, fuck yeah, dude. That's a throwback. So I've got that shaft in my hybrid. Um, my irons are Callaway Apex Pro with I have the Mitsubishi uh, TI 110s. I want to say they're the X Flex, whatever they're graphite. Um, I wanted to give graphite a try because I've never had graphite before, and they're really fucking stout. Like they just are like two by fours. Or if I'm being honest, they're probably a little too much club for me. I could dial it back a hair. Um, Go to the regular. Flex. Yeah, I need to. Oh fuck you, dude. <laughs> I, those are like those probably frequency like a seven. I need some more more, but like. Probably six and a half, somewhere in that ballpark. Um, anywho, uh, and then wedges, I've got the Callaway Jaws with the Catalyst uh, graphite shafts in them. So I was like, fuck it. If I'm going graphite in the irons, I'll go graphite in the wedges. Um, but the, I do really like those wedges. And then the putter is the Odyssey. Um, oh, what the fuck is that thing called? It's, it's like a fastback. It's the equivalent to a Scotty Cameron fastback. I used to call it the Oreo because yeah, it was an black, Oreo. white, black, um, like the three stripes. It's Jim Furyk still uses that one, um, but that was kind of the putter that I fell in love with, and so now I've got the uh, newer version of it. But yeah, the, that's what's in my bag. I got a Pins and Aces uh, golf bag, white, super sick. 
head cover. Oh, what's my dry? Oh, it's the icy head cover, which is fucking badass. Um, and then I got my trusty banana that I've had since I was literally 16 years old. That thing has seen better days. Let me tell you, it looks like it's about ready to be put into some fucking banana bread. <laughs> it's it is beat to that fuck. Seems, that thing's seen the back of so many cars. It's like a fucking. Pretty sure I may have wiped my ass with it. It's, <laughs> it's okay. Oh god, your comment is a little fucking over the line, too, chief. <laughs> Good god, I meant it, to say it's a. I meant to say. I don't know what I meant to say, but I don't know. Somebody what. gets captured and they get put in the back of a fucking car. I don't know. Whoa. Okay, we're gonna have to cut that. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, we're gonna go ahead and call this an episode. Yeah. yeah before we incriminate ourselves anymore, like that guy just out on Colfax. That guy rolling out with an AR-15 in the middle of Colfax. <laughs> we appreciate you guys all listening. Give us a rating on whatever platform you're listening to this on. Make sure to head over to thednvr.com, even if it's to shit talk us. Go to the podcast, thednvr.com podcast, Big Drive Energy. Bottom of the thing, you can make a comment or hit us up on Twitter. Uh, that was fun. Thanks, Nick, for doing that and uh, suggesting that. And it, it just creates more stuff to talk about. And if you have questions for us or, or anything that you want to know, golf, golf or non-golf, uh, we're down to answer them. So make sure you're following us on Twitter at Big Drive Energy, on Instagram at Big Drive Energy Pod. We appreciate you all listening. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the PNC. Be sure to talk about Charlie Woods and how much they dominate next week. Peace.